Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 254, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are two months away from five years, and ladies and gentlemen, this I've been waiting for this for so long. As you know, I interview someone from WWE, NXT, TNA, ROH, Lucha Underground every week. However, I've been waiting for this interview for quite some time. I don't think he knows this, but he knows it now. I've said it many times on my show. This person is my current favorite wrestler. He is the best wrestler in the world. He is none other, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, I'm honored to have this person on my show, former Ring of Honor world champion, the man, the greatest wrestler in the world. He is Jay Lethal. How are you tonight, sir? Well, with an introduction like that, how can I not be doing great? <laughs> awesome, man. It's, it's it's great to have you on the show. Thank thank you for having me. Awesome, man. Um, so you got a big event coming up on Sunday here in Columbus, Ohio, my stomping grounds. Let the listeners know about that. Yep, we're coming uh coming to Columbus, Ohio. Um 
Unfortunately, um, I'm not a big fan of the cold weather, <laughs> uh, but but I'll deal with it. I'll put up with it because uh, we got a heck of a show. Um, of course, the Adam Cole, the Ring of Honor World Champion, will be there along with his henchman, the Hangman Adam Page, which coincidentally is my opponent for that yeah. day because I'll be teaming with Bobby Fish. But also, you got the greatest tag team in the world, uh, the Young Bucks. They're on the show against War Machine. Uh, you got the Kingdom is going to be there. Motor City Machine Guns will be there, who actually are not too far. Uh, they, they're just a quick drive to Ohio, yeah. actually. Yeah, they're from Michigan, uh, unfortunately. And, right. And let's not forget, <laughs> last but not least, you have the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, who... Uh, I'll eventually have my revenge on because I don't know if you know, but Cody Rhodes' debut in Ring of Honor uh, was not so great, in my opinion. He cheated, kicked me in the uh, in the lower region. He cheated, we'll just say, um, yeah. to, to score his first victory. And uh, I'm uh, excited to step into the ring with him again so I can get that victory back. Absolutely. And that was final battle back in December. Um, That's uh that everybody was excited about Cody. He was playing more of a babyface role after he left the WWE and doing some indie work. And then uh, he he went rogue on you, Jay. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah. Oh man. Speaking of that, you've uh, you know you you've came to to the light uh, in recent months, but uh, for for a while there, you were uh, with uh, Truth Martini in the House of Truth. And uh, after a, a very long stint of, of being a babyface, uh, you became a heel and uh, became one of the longest reigning ROH champions of all time. Now, uh, let us know just your experience about just uh, playing the heel role, turning heel. It's been so long before then that you were a heel, and uh, you had some 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 heel work um, earlier in your career, but throughout most of your TNA run, you were you were a babyface and, and ROH as well. Um, so let everybody know just, just the transition of playing a heel. How did it all come about? Whose idea was it? And uh, what are your overall thoughts of that run? Okay, cool. So uh, it was definitely my idea. Uh, this Being the bad guy is something that I, I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, the proof is actually in the pudding. I mean, I make no qualms about letting everybody know who my two favorite wrestlers are and were, uh, that being Ric Flair and the Monster Man Randy Savage. That's right. I feel that both of these two men really excelled uh, when they were the bad guy. For instance, Macho Man making uh, his ring valet Elizabeth stand in one particular spot outside the ring. And then him getting so frustrated at his opponent that he jumps out of the ring, and now he's mad that Elizabeth is standing in the exact spot that he made her stand in. Uh, And then he moves her to the other side. What a bad guy. I mean, and Ric Flair, his bad guy, works his speech for itself. So I've always been drawn and wanted to be the bad guy. It's just that I never really got a chance to do it. Um, And because I was the good guy for so many years, that means that I got to stand across the ring from almost every type of bad guy wrestler there is. The brawler bad guy, the high flyer bad guy. I got to stand on the opposite side of the ring from them all. And during that process, I got to pick and choose and nitpick 
at the little things that this bad guy did that I liked. And then I, I got to pick something from this bad guy that I liked. So when I became the bad guy, all I was doing was taking everything that a bad guy did that I liked and I put it and meshed it all into one. Sprinkles from Randy Savage, bits from Ric Flair, bits from every wrestler that I'd been in the ring with who was the bad guy at that time. Uh, and I feel like it kind of made it a little bit easier for me. Uh, and then when I, when I, coming back to Ring of Honor for my second run uh, before winning the Ring of Honor World Championship, uh, I begged and pleaded uh, to be the bad guy. And I fell in love with Truth Martini. I fell in love with his work because um, up until my second time returning to Ring of Honor, I had never seen, met, or heard of Truth Martini. Uh, just because I I didn't really keep my ear, you know, too close to the wrestling world, I I I, I must admit that when when I worked for a particular company, I kind of just hone in and zero in on that company. I uh, you know, as a wrestler, we gotta watch what's going on other places, but. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I really, really focus on where I am at that particular point in time, which is why I'd never heard of Truth Martini. Uh, so the first time I saw his work, I just instantly said, I need to be with this person uh, because what we could do together would be super cool. Uh, and luckily, luckily after a couple months of begging and pleading, they let me try it. Uh, and I think it worked out really, really well. Oh yeah, uh, I think so too. I love the theme music. It's it's a little faster now since you're since you're babyface again, but uh, that theme music fit you for oh, yeah. so so much. And you know, I I'm 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 old school when it comes to wrestling, so I'm all about cadences and ring entrances. And uh, I notice, you know, when you slowly put your arms up, the the cues, even that is something that the fan is just kind of salivating over, waiting for you <laughs> to have that moment, you know. And, and, I love it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And when you had the when you had the belt, actually when you had both belts, the the world and the TV title, it's uh, it, it was even it was even sweeter. Uh, so yeah, speak, speaking of championships, though, uh, you talked about Ric Flair. He's he's your inspiration. A couple things that um, about Ric Flair I want to ask you. Um, so as you know, it it doesn't take anyone who knows wrestling not to know that John Cena has recently tied uh, Ric Flair's. Uh, record of 16 times, but according to Ric Flair, it's 18 times if you count the uh, WCW International <laughs> Championship. Uh, <laughs> so unofficially 16, but uh, to the man, it's 18. What, what are your overall right. thoughts of Cena tying that uh, that championship reign total? Uh, I think it's amazing. I think uh, any time that you can. Uh, with one particular person in the wrestling business, uh, in the one particular company, uh, have them last so long, give them the belt, then take it away, and then give them the belt, and then take it away, and yet every single time gets some sort of reaction, uh, I think is a great testament to John Cena. I mean, I, I think, um, and like I said, you know, I kind of zero in on the company I work for at that particular time. But as a wrestler, we have to watch everything if we want to really excel. And uh, one of the cool things I think about John Cena is I think he's super loved um, 
by all, but it's just a cool thing sometimes to boo them. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because the boos are happening doesn't mean that they don't like them. I just think, just like Kurt Angle's music where the fans chant, you suck, yeah, you suck. I remember chanting along just because it was cool at the time, but I loved Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, he was the greatest wrestler. He still is. Uh, but I just, I, and it, it was, it's just something to be said about that cool, having that coolness factor too, where it's like, ah, just cool to boo them, but we still love them. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah it, it's, I, I think 16 times and I'm, I'm sure there'll be more Yeah, uh, because like I said, to, to still at this point in time with all those belt changes and wins and losses to still be getting a reaction. Um, I mean, that's what we dream of. That's what we hope for. That's very true. Yeah, I think you bring a good point about the Kurt Angle thing. Uh, when they announced him for the Hall of Fame, I was hoping that they used his ECW music because I kind of got like upset. Like, don't say he sucks. He's the Hall of Fame. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so, right, yeah. right. But it's just cool. It's yeah, it's cool true. I mean, you, you have know? to say that I mean, when you that music comes on. You're right. Right, and it goes with the music. Oh man, it's so cool. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I like the ECW <laughs> music though. It was just it was a little bit more emotional, and it, it didn't have the it didn't it didn't have the pattern where you can chant that. You couldn't really insert that, you know, that ECW <laughs> right. music. <laughs> right. So yeah, but another thing about Ric Flair is just one of my favorite TNA moments of all time. Just uh, I'm chuckling even thinking about it now. Just uh, the, when Ric Flair was. Uh, manager of fortune and you came out and did the impersonation that's one of the most funny probably the funniest moment of you and i've I've followed your career for quite some time early roh days and especially uh when you uh debuted in in tna and so forth i personally think that's probably the, the the funniest moment i remember when you i think you did, I think it was PWG that you did, uh, Sid. Was that PWG that you did the Sid impersonation in? Actually, the Sid impersonation I did um, at my home, um, the place that Jay Lethal started. Jersey uh, Championship? Which was a place, yes, Jersey okay, yeah. All Pro Wrestling. Yeah, Jersey All Pro, yeah. Uh, it was Jersey All Pro Wrestling's building, mm-hmm. um, but it was actually technically. Oh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Uh, I said PWG, I mean, Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Yeah, I think that that was absolutely hilarious, too. Um, And that, that, believe it or not, that was only decided, uh, I'm going to say, five, ten minutes before it actually was done. Just because, (laughs) yeah, uh, he hadn't made it to the show. Right. And I remember there was just a big uproar in the locker room because, uh, you know, not to put his business out there, but uh, I mean, well, they did that already, but uh, I think he had been paid for the show already. From what I was told, I don't know if that's true, but uh, he had been paid for the show, didn't show up. So in the locker room, there was a big uproar because they were panicking. They didn't know what to do. And like people had paid to see him. So, I mean, only up until five, 10 minutes did Matt Hardy and I come up with this thing where, you know, I do the impressions so why don't I just pretend to be Sid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just as as a lifelong wrestling fan, just just the small cadences. Like I always say, man. Like I always say that 
wrestling is, and I've been watching wrestling over 30 years, I always say wrestling is 70% of what happens outside and 30% of what's inside. I mean, you, you, could, have okay. a, you could have a wrestling clinic, but mm. if people aren't drawn to your character, I mean, it's just a bunch of flipping and flying. And, you know, it's the, right. Uh, yeah. And, and, and right. Just, just, just the... Just the, uh, the the pounds that you did, and just the cadences, and just the who's the man. Just, I, I mean, to the T, it was absolutely hilarious. And just the the, the, the flare bit was just, I, I mean, I can watch it now. It was years ago, and I can watch it now, probably well after this interview. And it was just so hilarious. Just kind of kind of recreate that that moment for us, as far as just. Uh, who who planned it? How much of it was just off the cuff? How did that all come about? This it? The 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 flare moment in TNA. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm totally sorry. Uh the flare moment, um well, okay, so the the real story here is when I was with TNA we had an overseas tour. Um we were touring the UK and on one of our off days uh, and I'm a big drinker, um, so therefore it doesn't take much to get me drunk. Um, and on one of the off days, we all hung out at the bar in the uh, hotel, and uh, I had a few too many, which I think was about two or three of whatever uh, the Dudley boys were feeding me. Um, and lo and behold, we found out that I had this amazing Ric Flair impression which i had never even attempted up until that point i didn't even know how it really started like who was talking about rick flair or why i started doing that but uh that's how we found that i could do it and then for weeks in the locker room i would do it just because everybody would ask me to because it was that good especially earl hebner who like no new flair personally he I could not walk past Earl Hebner without him making me do the impression of Ric Flair. He loved it so much. And then out of the blue, out of the blue, um, I heard that Ric Flair would be coming to TNA. So think of it like this. This is how it went. Earl Hebner and I were, were really close. Of course, him being close to Ric Flair wanted me to do the impression. It became this thing where... Earl Hebner and I didn't even say hello to each other. It wasn't, oh, hey, uh, Earl, how are you? Instead of doing that, we would woo to each other. Uh, so that became our hello and our goodbye, just wooing uh, to each other, Ric Flair style. Um, and I remember one day I got to the impact zone at the time, uh, and Earl Hebner came into the room, and I gave him my traditional woo because that was our hello. Uh, and he didn't say anything. And I said, hey, what's what's up? And then he told me, you'll never believe and you'll never guess who's coming. And I uh, I lost my mind because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge Macho Man and Ric Flair fan. Um, and then, of course, when Flair got there, he heard about the impression that I could do. And uh, I went up to meet him for the first time. And he made me do it right there in front of everybody for him. Uh, and that, I got a big key, got a big kick out of that. And then later on, I, I find out that uh, we're going to do a little program. I'm going to do this in-ring interview with him where, we, where I do the impression and he gets mad. That was the only thing scheduled. That was the only thing planned about it is 
They go to the ring. I do the impression he gets mad. What we were going to be saying was not planned out. The woo-off was not planned out. Uh, that stuff was all on the fly, if you can believe it. And I was as nervous as I could be because up until that point, I don't know if you followed my career while I was there, but they had never given me a live microphone in front of a live crowd. Right. And now the first time you do it, you want me to go in there with the master of the promo, Ric Flair. It was, it was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Uh, but, yeah, that's how that all came about. Yeah, that was. But it, that stuff just prepared me, you know. That stuff prepared me for this awesome run that I'm having now. Because I remember I was still shy and a little timid there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just made me super comfortable in front of the crowd. Um, and And ultimately, I mean, I credit a lot of that to my work in Ring of Honor right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very, very good link because it just, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you have a, you have the jitters about something that you're nervous about, uh, you know, but it's like once you do it, you know, I've been a journalist for, for a while now, but just interviewing certain people, you know, that I, I loved, you know, it's like at first when you start interviewing people, you kind of get the jitters, but I've been doing it for so long now that, that it's still great. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you still, it's still, it's still amazing, but you're, you grow confidence in doing it, you know? And I Correct. think, yeah, Correct. yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think people, I think people who's followed you for a number of years see that now, you know, I, it's, it seems like you were just a fan you know, and I and I always believe that too. I think wrestlers still should still be fans of of their work, um, and because it, it really seemed like in that segment, not only were you know you hilarious as ever, you were still a fan of Ric Flair, and it, and it kind of exuded that. And I, that's what I appreciated about it as well. Oh man, that's awesome! <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. So let let the fans know one more time uh, where can we find you on social media, and uh, one more time about uh, what's going on in Columbus and there's, and there's you know other dates of ROH as well. Sure, we uh, we live in the age of social media networking, and everybody and their mother has a Twitter and a Facebook and a website. Uh, so mine just so happens to be at the lethal J that's right. So on all of my social media, which I really only use Twitter as my main one, uh, my handle is at the lethal J and everything is spelled out. T H E L E T H A L J A Y the lethal J. They even have a website, the lethal J.com. Um, and that's where you can reach me. If anybody's in the Tampa area and looking to, get their start in professional wrestling. I actually have a school. So just go to my nice. website, the lethal J.com and look under the training section until you find it. And now, uh, we're going to be rolling into Columbus, Ohio here with, I mean, anytime ring of honor comes to town, we put on the best professional wrestling product on the planet. We really focus on our in-ring competition, uh, in-ring product. In order to do that, you got to have some of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Um, and if you need proof that Ring of Honor has the greatest roster in the world, just look at all the other companies out there right. who constantly pluck from the Ring of Honor roster just to make their product better. Uh, because Ring of Honor is innovative, and uh, we really know how to find talent. Like I said, speaking of talent, we got guys like the greatest tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. 
We'll be in Columbus, Ohio. War Machine will be in Columbus, Ohio. All of our champions will be there, including the newly signed Marty Scroll, straight from the UK. Uh, he is the Ring of Honor television champion. He will be there. Ring of Honor world champion Adam Cole will be there. I'm going to get my hands on him, in fact. Uh, I team with Bobby Fish. Uh, we got the Briscoes. The Briscoes will be there. I mean, this show is loaded. Anytime Ring of Honor comes to town, like I said, you can expect to see the best professional wrestling on the planet. And that just so happens to be Sunday, February 12th, uh, 7 p.m. bell time. And that is uh, the ex- that is, I believe it's at 405 Neal Avenue in Columbus, Ohio. I think it's called Express Live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's also the same place uh, where NXT is held as well, so it's a, it's a great venue. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah I, love, I love stuff like that. I mean, the fans... I mean, the fans are the ultimate winners, you know? Like, they, yeah. we, I mean, we just saw NXT here. Man, now we get to see Ring of Honor just... Man, I, I love stuff like that. Man, yeah. it's so cool. Absolutely. You said it's so cool. That's my line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 been, it's amazing <laughs> to think that none of that stuff was written out. Because yeah. Flair, Ric Flair doesn't allow anything to be written out for him in really? promos. Therefore, oh. they couldn't tell me what to say because they didn't know what he was going to say. And that made me even more nervous. Yeah. Uh, so like all of that stuff, as terrifying as it, as it was, was all on the fly. Uh, and I just tried my hardest to keep up with the master. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and it was, it it was, you, you kept up with, with the master and created a masterpiece. So absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, Jay. I really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, I'll, I'll be there on Sunday, man. And, uh, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll see you then. Awesome, thank uh, you. Uh, we'll get a picture. Sounds sounds like a plan, Jay. I, I'll, I'll talk to you then. And uh, thanks all thanks all the listeners for uh, for listening to this interview. And uh, you have a great night. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Take bye. care. Thank you so much, Jay Lethal, the greatest wrestler in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Jay Lethal. I want to play a snippet of something. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of people are listening to <laughs> to the show tonight, and uh, I don't want to I don't want to give you a disservice. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this. Nature Boy is not going to be happy about this. Speaking of Jay Lethal, interrupted Ric Flair and his fortune faction. wrestling business without further ado ladies and gentlemen we got an action-packed show tonight with the man the manager of managers the talent agent of talent agents he is from fiesta pro wrestling he is from east coast wrestling association 
He is the independent sensation. A.J. Pan, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. How you doing? Glad to be back on. Oh, fantastic. It's great to have you back on, man. Jay Lethal, man. What a what a wonderful time. Oh, Jay, Jay Lethal's fantastic. I've had the privilege of working with him on a couple of times. Uh, he's he's one of the best best around right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without further, with with without a doubt, he's you know I we're, we're going to talk about our our top five uh, favorite uh, tag teams of all time um, uh, and the flavor of the week uh, for the listeners. Um, and here's the thing, as far as you know, there's the, my top five of all time, um, which I, I've said many times. From from you know one is Sting, two is Dusty Rose, three is Ricky Steamboat, four is Chris Jericho, five is Booker T. But nowadays, the past few years, I followed I followed TNA and I followed Jay Lethal for a dozen years now. Over the past few years, man, Jay Lethal's work has just been so amazing, and uh, he's been my favorite wrestler. So it was it was great to have him on the show tonight. And it's great to have you on the show tonight. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to be on. I had a blast last time, and. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being back tonight. We got a lot to discuss, I see. <laughs> we sure do, absolutely. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the headlines. Here we go. The Rock and Roll Express. Spoiler alert, they are in they are in my top five. So uh, I got four more teams at the end of the show, but uh, they are certainly my top five. I'm not going to tell you where they are in my top five, but they are one of my top five of all time. The Rock and Roll Express inducted, uh, recently announced that they would be the uh, inductees in the Hall of Fame. AJ, uh, I think there's no dispute that the Rock and Roll Express deserves to be in, and uh, yeah, the well-deserved. Oh, without question. So many memorable moments in feuds, the Midnight Express, the feuds with Jim Cornette, uh, even like, you know, kind of recent, well, not recently, but, you know, like in the 90s with the Heavenly Bodies and Smoky mm-hmm. Mountain and WWE, uh, WWF even. Yeah, totally. They they were trailblazers and originals, you know, uh, it was set on Raw, you know, before they were the Rockers, they were the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, yeah, definitely. Shawn Michaels uh, tweeted uh not too far after the announcement that, uh, you know, he was just, it was well-deserved and he was talking about how the, the, the um, rock and roll express were pivotal in his career uh, starting off. Of course, you know, we all know that, uh, you know, him and Marty Jannetty were the, the midnight rockers in the AWA. And then, you know, uh, were, were the rockers in the WWF at the time. And yeah, so, I mean, it, it it made so much sense for, for Shawn Michaels to kind of resonate and just kind of, um, it, you know, you saw a lot of the Midnight Express and the Rockers. So it was, it was really, it was really noble for Shawn Michaels to send out that tweet. Oh yeah, definitely. And even, uh, you know, Rock and Roll Express still got it. It was great seeing them on uh total nonstop deletion. Oh, fuck you, Lito. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Express that rock and roll. That was great. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Dealing with all yeah. that madness, and they 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 held up in the middle of it with the Hardys, and yeah, it was a, that was that was a great moment seeing that. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I, I was. It was great to see them back. You know, that was a, a, a pleasant surprise uh, that they were in the you know Apocalypto, and uh, 
And yeah, like you said, when, when Ricky Morton was in that uh, in that high rise and and just kind of stuck there, and it was it was funny, it was comical, and you know, you know, I I've been really critical of TNA, not not from a talent standpoint, but from a management standpoint. I've interviewed many people from TNA here: Eli Drake, Abyss, um, uh, uh, David Richards. I've, I've interviewed many uh, Robbie E. A lot of people, and you know, I the the thing is, is that the talent is so amazing, you know. But you know, the, the creative and just the it just seems like it's nine lives. I was interviewing Snow recently, and you know, he was we were talking about nine lives, and but you know, it's one of those things that you know TNA they they, they from a from a creative standpoint, it's it's a bit lackluster. But when the Hardys are there, I mean, <laughs> they are just absolutely incredible. And, and the Midnight Express being a part of that experience at the Hardy compound was uh, was great stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I agree with you with the sentiments on TNA. You know, I want to get behind them, but at times, uh, again, not just the talent. It's uh, so many changing creative directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully now with you know with Jeff Jarrett in the back again and uh, you know Dutch Mantle, hopefully we'll get a little bit back of the glory days. I see them uh, they've been bringing back some of the old features like Open Fight Night. I believe this Thursday mm-hmm. they revamped uh, Feast of Fire. So we'll see. I mean I'm glad they're still around. You need places that are, you know to c- compete with WWE and alternatives. So you know let's just keep hoping they finally get on the right track. Yeah. Uh, side note: What is your what are your thoughts on the Grand Championship? What's your thoughts on that whole concept? Uh, not not a fan. I hate to say, not a fan of it. Yeah, me either. It's just yeah. it's it's a little too too contrived with the rules. It's mm-hmm. I get what they're going for, but it's way too much going on in a wrestling match. Oh yeah, <laughs> it sure is. I just yeah, just you know, just the whole concept of having judges and. You know, it's it's you can't have judges on a scripted show. You know what I mean? It's like you yeah, already know it's like the they're trying to do a mix of like MMA and then the brawl for all. Yeah, and, you know, it's just uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you it just yeah you can't have it. it's already predetermined and people know they're looking for the suspense. I mean, wrestling fans know that it's predetermined. It's just it suspends belief. You know, good wrestling suspends belief. They already know that it's right. They already know people know the winners, but a good match suspends belief of that. But to have judges, it just kind of throws it off to me. Exactly, and a two minute round, three minute round takes you right out of it. Like if you want to do something like that, like oh maybe for a hardcore title or something along the effect. But yeah, the rounds and it 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 falls flat for me. That's that's just my opinion. But yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with you. So the Patriots win the Super Bowl. I, uh, you know, you're uh, you're in New York, right? Yes. Does that make you? Does that make you a Jet or a Giant? Uh, I'm yeah, I'm more of a Jet fan. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. So you know, it's a uh, New England. You know, it's a. Uh, Man, Tom Brady, I, I am I am an Ohioan, you know, born and raised through and through, Buckeye for life, and uh, you know I'm a huge Ohio State fan. Um, Brady's from Michigan, so uh, you know it's 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 hard for me to get behind him. Plus, I'm a big Titans fan too, and 
you know, they're uh, they're not necessarily rivals in AFC, but kind of rivals in AFC. So I've never, you know, I can't I can't be a Patriots fan. I was I was rooting for the Falcons just because they were the underdogs. They haven't really experienced that, you know, type of feel. Um, right, but you know, you know, they were down twenty five points, and, and, and they came back in the fourth quarter to win. Yeah, as much as I do not like the Patriots or Tom Brady, you know, I, I could not do anything but to give them the utmost respect and kudos. And Brady, you know, he he is. He's the man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's nothing I can, there's nothing negative I can say about Brady. You know, Deflate Gate and whatever you want to say. You know, this year was clean. You know, as far as we know, and and Brady, you know, showed that uh, he's one of the greatest of all time. And they, even John Cena commented on it. And uh, he commented, you know, before the Royal Rumble, he talked to, uh, talked about Brady, compared himself to Brady on TMZ, and uh, you know, just recently. You know, he also talked, uh, you know, about that in comedy. He tweeted about it, um, and you know, he was, you know, he was talking about how good Brady is, and I, I couldn't disagree with him. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, coming from wrestling, it was so funny watching that Super Bowl towards the end. Like I was joking with so many people online, like saying they they booked it so well. You never mm-hmm. expected that at the head. Like, oh, you know, there's no way the Patriots coming back, and within no <laughs> time, they came back tied. <laughs> The first overtime in history, and they were. Yeah. I, I yeah. was like, I said, oh man, like we were just going on and on. You know, they like, does it have to be Heyman booking this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this yeah. is basic, you know, st- Styles versus Cena. Cena had yeah. to go around the big stage. Like, oh, you know, don't worry. They'll get, you know, they'll get the win back on uh, Monday Night Football when the season right. was <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> going, in, going into overtime was the dusty finish. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah, it was just one big you know what one big booking episode. It sure was. Uh, you know, comparing <laughs> the, the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Compared <laughs> it to WWE creative or, or pro wrestling creative period was. Uh, I I agree with you one hundred percent. It was a great game, yeah. But it was just so funny watching. I like no way they're gonna. This was gonna happen. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I I was just. I was shocked. I was um, <clears throat> I was going to yeah. put it up because in my office is uh, I have a, a, a office studio where I, where I hold the show, and then uh, um, I have a big screen projector that is outside of my office uh, studio, and but I, I watched it actually on my tablet because I'm a PhD student, so I was doing some uh, some finals uh, in my office, and I was like, you know. I'll just kill kill two birds with one stone. I'll put the tablet on, you know, in my on my in my office right next to my computer screens, and so I was watching it, but I was concentrating more on work. And so when Atlanta kept, you know, tallying up the score, I was like, okay, so I don't have to get distracted too much. <laughs> I'll just I'll just really <laughs> be more listening. Uh, and then you know when they came back. And and then the fourth quarter came. They kept coming back. I was like, "Oh my goodness! Uh, now I'm gonna have to be distracted from from doing finals. I'm gonna have to do two things at once and keep looking at my tablet while I'm looking at both my computer screens and doing finals. And you know, it was like, "Oh man, this, they're really gonna come back." You know, it was one of those things like, 
I cannot believe this is happening. I was just ready to not be distracted and just kind of, you know, uh, enjoy the whole Super Bowl feel like I do every year. But, you know, the Patriots strike again. Yeah, I was I was impressed. I mean, you know, I, I concluded when I when I went into overtime, I said, uh, yeah, this is this is pretty this is pretty much the nail in the coffin that uh, the Patriots going to wrap this one up again. I, I was oh, yeah. I was uh, I, I was disappointed, but at the same time, you know, I couldn't do anything but to you know tip my hat off to the Patriots. Yeah, they they did a fantastic job, and like you said, you know it was it was the, the comeback story of ages, you know. <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, it was great. Uh, we're going to bring on uh, another co-host tonight to talk about the Patriots and the and the uh, Falcons real quick. Uh, he's been our uh, ongoing co-host from Under the Mat Radio, ladies and gentlemen, none other than Evan Tech Prout. It's good to have you on the show tonight with also with AJ. Uh, AJ Pan is uh, the other co-host tonight. And uh, Evan, let us know your thoughts on the Super Bowl game. What's going on, guys? Live, live, live. Good to be here. Pancakes and power slams. How you feeling? Doing great. Doing good, yeah. doing good. Yeah. Got to shout out waffles and wrist locks. I'll always picking around with Featherstone with that. Pancakes <laughs> and power slams. Uh, yeah. Sh- shout out to the... The NFL uh, creative team, better than the WWE creative team, of coming back, you know, the Patriots doing the Shawn Michaels of the 90s or the, the John Cena comeback Girl, game. Yeah. Or, Big match, John. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's, you know, I always joke, you know, I show always joke about the Illuminati and Trump and, you know, the Illuminati and the Freemasons took a hold of the Super Bowl. But, um... I mean, granted, it, it, it was a I, – I did a vote on my show, so a lot of people say is it the greatest comeback or the greatest collapse. It's the greatest collapse. I'm very happy yeah. in the football. And nothing against Brady. I'm, I'm not a big Brady fan. He's a great QB, so it's Belichick and being angry and evil, asking to grouch. But at the end of the day, all the fuckers had to do the last – that last drive when he was at 28-10, all they had to do was run the ball. See more times and kick a field goal. So you had to do. They got cute, kept trying to throw it, and they got torched. I mean, that's the end of the, it was the Falcons' game to lose. Not not anything as the Patriots, you know what I'm saying, because I'm a Ravens fan from Baltimore. But the fact of the matter is that you up by 25 points. All you had to do was run the clock out. You kick a field goal, you up by 28 by then. The game is over. Control the ball. It's basic, basic stuff. Yeah. But the Falcons <laughs> gave it up. You know, yeah. now we got Tom Brady. And the reason why I say it's not rigged is because Roger Goodell, we know, he didn't want to shake Brady's hand. He's been trying to yeah, – he, he basically played the real-life evil Vince or the evil Bischoff where Tom Brady was the, the Stone Cold Steve Austin or the Sting or whoever you want to – he didn't want him to win. And the mm-hmm. fact that Roger Goodell had to shake crybaby cry Brady's hand in front of all of those people, all of those those, those viewers – and, and for him to know so all of those bulls, you know Goodell didn't uh, want Brady in the way. Yeah, Goodell was a Vince McMahon heel that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he was. Absolutely. So, shout out to Super Bowl Lee. That's all my nephew. Yeah, <laughs> L.I., yeah, Super Bowl Lee. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, A.J., Seth Rollins sidelined with injury last week uh, with the Samoa Joe attack. I actually uh, – 
when they played, I mean, they, they were playing the video, and when they replayed the video, I saw the the specific spot where um, he he tweaked his he tweaked his knee real bad when he was coming when he, when uh, Samoa Joe kind of jumped on him to get him in the coquina clutch, uh, and and then you know I also wrote an article on Sportskeeda about when uh, it happened. Um, basically, or I wrote on in the Inquisitor uh, as far as what happened. When he asked him if he was okay, and then Seth Rollins said, "I hope so." Uh, so it, you know, there's some there's some reports. You know, WWE you know kind of posted on their website that the status is still unknown. They talked on Raw. You know, his uh, message that he had uh, as far as still going against Triple H. You know, there's there's some reports saying that it, it's about it. Basically, his evaluation is about the six to eight week thing. Um, he'll make it in time right before Mania, but at the same time, WWE is very cautious. I did write about this as well. WWE is very cautious about bringing him back for just liability purposes. But you know, there's some there's some recent reports saying that uh, it's still in the books, and then there's also some you know talks about uh, them kind of pulling an audible to to do Triple H and Shane McMahon. What are, what are your thoughts about all this? Uh, it's a shame once again to see Rollins hopefully not off the you know the WrestleMania card he missed last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's come back strong. He's been doing you know besides the uh, the Finn Balor incident, he's been doing his thing and he's finally caught his stride. I think now as a as, as a full fledged baby face. Uh, and you know people have been looking forward to him uh, his feud with Triple H. So to have this happen and now with Joe's debut and now it's the heat's gonna fall on him a little bit. Uh, you know, just hopefully you, you you never want to see anybody get hurt. So, yeah. you know, hopefully Rollins is back in no time. And, you know, hopefully he is. I mean, these guys are monsters. So, you know, those six to eight weeks sometimes, I mean, look at Cena. He's come back, you know, within, they call, you know, six to eight months, and he's back in four. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully Rollins can heal fast, and he's back to, you know, build a proper mania feud with, uh, with Honor. It's true. Evan? Nothing else for you guys. The giant fell from Cobo Hall. He fell from the tall building. He was able to be resurrected and come back that night at Halloween Heaven. That's Remember true. that? We're trying to <laughs> the bad fucking bag on yeah, Hogan. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the rock got got beat up in vehicular manslaughter and all of that and came back in three weeks with this broken ribs, the DDP bandages. But um the series, I, I did when I watched Raw. They was telling the Eiffel Stone off air, and I did see Riley. I saw it when it first happened. I was like, his knee didn't go right. You know, this, this, you know, being a former wrestler, you know, being an athlete, I was like, it looked, you know, it looked bad. You know, and then you wonder is, it is, and I said this early, is it really karma? Karma catching up with Rollins, seeing as how some people made a reference. You know, he injured Balor. Balor won the Universal Title at the SummerSlam. The the power bomb on on the um on the on the um what you call the barricade now, and then he mm-hmm. separated shoulder. Ballard hurt. <clears throat> Jacks up the whole program. Before that, you know, our man Sting, you know, terrible power bomb. Sting is injured. The goat. So is it karma coming back on Rollins? And then you know, Rollins is, you know, I know he's a great guy. People worked with him. He's an abolitionist worker, and we know, you know, Bret Bret Hart was kind of like Tom Brady. Cry baby Bret Hart hates Rollins. He's already not really hates him, but he said tons, tons of time, tons of time, time again that Rollins is unsafe to work with. But um, <clears throat> I feel for Rollins, man. He was just getting his steam and getting his stride, and he gets hurt. 
So we'll see. It's uncertainty. Hopefully this injury leads to a lot of us, even us in media, with us with our sources and us being in the know, we really don't know what's going to happen. And that could be good for mm-hmm. us to have all have shows because we don't know. Will Robbins be ready for Mania? Will they do like a, you know, every year Mania has this brawl type segment like they did with, with, they did with the Wyatts and Rock and um, Cena and, you know, they did with the Rock one year and Hogan. Will Robbins do a surprise appearance? So we honestly don't know. So, I, mean, I think really that'll be the see. best. I think that'll be the best yeah. for Rollins uh, this year. I think that he'll probably be cleared or, or, or decent enough to come back. I don't. I mean, with as as much as Rollins as as hard as Rollins goes, I think coming right back, you know, from from being good and and you know uh, good to go as far as. Uh, being cleared, I think coming right back, and he wants to give his all at WrestleMania. I, I think that's a bad call. I think it, I think WWE should be very cautious uh, because you know if if it gets to the point, I mean, similar to Daniel Bryan and, and the cold concussion thing, if you if you don't give it enough time to really heal, you know, and and I know that both Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan's uh, he's fantastic. You know, I have he's one of the best wrestlers in the in the past decade but it's like yeah you know you got to get some some things some time to to fully heal or but because if, if you come back prematurely it'll just be worse off and i think you, you know with seth rollins he's only 30 years old he's already had knee surgery he just recently had a second one and i just don't think it's something that you want to play with i think i think having a uh, a run in, I think if it's a and I wrote about this. I think if it's a Shane McMahon Triple H match, I'd be fine with it because it would give an opportunity. See, picture this, AJ and Evan. Picture this, uh, Shane McMahon Triple H. So anything Shane McMahon, you know, competes, it's it's a one off. He, he doesn't continue storylines because he's just, you know, he's just the entertainment factor for the big events. So. It'll be a one-off. Imagine if Seth Rollins came in and assisted uh, Shane McMahon with defeating Triple H, and that caused Rollins to defect to SmackDown. Just think about uh, Rollins AJ, Rollins Corbin, Rollins Miz. And you know SmackDown is is very depleted of strong baby faces at the moment, and Rollins could be you know one of the strongest baby faces on SmackDown, and feud with someone yeah. for a few months, maybe Corbin or Miz or something like that. And because you know SummerSlam is a you know it, it's an all in, it's an all play. You can do Triple H versus Seth Rollins because Triple H can you know weeks before SummerSlam. Triple H can come in and he can uh, interfere in a Seth Rollins match. What, what are your thoughts on that, AJ? Uh, I mean, yeah, like you know, I do. I, I would like to see uh, more of a, the way they built the Rollins storyline. I would like to see it kind of finish on Raw, just the way it's been built. Even mm-hmm. that, uh, I thought the angle they did on uh, NXT Takeover was fantastic. I did not mm-hmm. expect that at all. It was like just watching it, and with the announcers talking, all of a sudden Rollins in the ring with a hoodie. It was great old school stuff. So I would like, you know, I haven't <laughs> uh, personally. I haven't been excited for Blake feud in years. This got me excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's uh, a very good point. Yeah, yes. 
Uh, but yeah, running around, yeah, like you know, from a business standpoint, one hundred percent, I agree. They should, you know, be be cautious with Rollins. You know, from a you know, watching it, I would love to see you know Rollins be able to compete. But yeah, definitely, I think a running would be the best option mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, I agree. So, Evan, a shocking statistic on the last time the Ascension were uh, in a pay-per-view match. They picked up the win. Well, Victor picked up the win on SmackDown. We'll talk about SmackDown here in just a bit. Uh, the Ascension is just the – they're the laughing stock of the tag team division for the past, you know, decade. I uh, interviewed uh, Ricardo Rodriguez a few weeks back, and he, uh, you know, he came up with the idea of – just really the ascension as you know cryptic illuminati style you know characters and i mean they've taken such a plummet you know since they since they left nxt and the last time they were on a pay-per-view uh i remember i believe it was september of 2015 that was the last time they won um, a match, and just just the statistic that that they had was, of, of being on the pay per view was just embarrassing. And they never win matches, and they just they're just so embarrassing. I, you know, I I can't do anything, but and this is sad too. But it just seems like they're going to be future endeavored uh, soon. And I hate saying that about uh, anyone's job, but the ascension. Even if they try to bring them back as, as someone notable, it's it's really hard to really to get into. Uh, I'm I'm reading my article here on Sportskeeda. The last time the Ascension participated in an actual pay per view match was the Tag Team Elimination Chamber match, nearly two years ago, in May of 2015. They have not won a tag match on SmackDown since September of 15, although they were a part of the winning team. In an eight-man match that occurred in September of 2016, and of course uh, tonight on SmackDown Live, they they won as well. What uh, Evan? I mean, is, is there any light at the end of the tunnel for the Ascension? Um, they won tonight, so that that'll give them and WWE world about maybe another two months of you know. If they won tonight, that at least give them. Make them save some mania. They may be on like the pregame show or the pregame show or the postgame show. Mm-hmm. But after that, I mean, they're probably featuring David because you know at the mania they always tend to clean house. But mm-hmm. I, it said uh, you know Connor and Victor. I, I know one of them uh, friends with Bruce Hart. I know one of them was worked in Canada for a while. And then a lot of um, work in Canada and he was really good. But I, I, they they had they have a good look. Um, I'm very, as I say, look at the small things. I like how they change up their paint. Um, they're good workers. They, If they were in the 80s or the early 90s, they would have got over. They really don't need to talk much. They have a good look. They have the face paint, the Illuminati type, post-apocalyptic Mad Max type deal. And all they need to do is just be a strong, tough team. But with the WWE now, you know, being four kids and everybody has to talk and this, that, and the other, you know, when WWE, they have a tendency of bringing somebody in strong. If you don't get over a few weeks, they'll ship you to NXT. And then they bring you back up. And right now, just like the dump swarms, <laughs> the, only way, the only way they can 
get over is if the machine is willing to push them. They already have mm-hmm. a hook, is uh, and they have to stay on SmackDown. Good Lord, don't let them be on Raw. So, <laughs> oh, uh, no, SmackDown, no, SmackDown has more of a you know they have more of a life shelf life on SmackDown. Your Rhino, you know, Riders out. Um, I believe um, was it Ryder the one that's out with the knee injury? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You got you know you got the Thug Samoans Usos. They they're trying something new. So the tag team division of SmackDown is kind of depleted. So I see let this session just run. Let them just be the tough tough tag team of of, uh, of SmackDown. Yeah. AJ, is there any is there any hope for the Ascension? Uh, you know, I, I at this point I'd rather see them get back down to NXT because yeah, yeah. they've just been ruined at this point, yeah. which is a shame because they they were a fantastic act down in NXT and as soon yeah. as they were brought up, but they had maybe like two or three weeks of a push and then they were fighting all these legends and they get beat down like on one of the anniversary shows by like all. All the legends mm-hmm. that 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 sealed you know that sealed their fate right there. So oh, maybe yeah. a, a trip back to NXT would definitely because the tag teams too there. You know you every time you know it's funny when people want to say oh I want to see so and so go up to NXT but yeah now you're taking everybody from NXT at this point so maybe yeah. you kind of need some blood back there. That's true. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. Uh, they and it helps. It helps a, a couple of people. Like it really helps Zack Ryder. And it mm-hmm. really helped Tyson Kidd too when both of them went back down to uh, to <clears throat> to NXT. Uh, so going back to NXT, uh, I mean, is in in the, you know NXT now is more is more popular than it was a couple of years ago when Tyson Kidd was in the championship mm-hmm. uh, picture. So I mean, going to NXT isn't really a, much of a demotion, <laughs> you know. I mean, from mm-hmm. you know, especially if someone like a Breezango or something like that. That would be more of a promotion because uh, they'll be top stars. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think yeah. you're making the point. Uh, so thirty for thirty. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, very very interesting. Anybody see that? I yeah, did I not get a it. chance to see. I do yeah. want to catch it. I have not. Yeah, I watched yeah, it. Was, it was, I watched it was really both. Good. What, what's yeah. your what's your take on the take on it, Evan? Um, I, I loved it. It's um. You know, me being a big sports enthusiast, I, I love all the 30 for 30s. I still have yet to watch every single one. But um, I, I loved it. Uh, around that time, it's funny because I've never watched the XFL game before. I remember with the whole promos. I just never got a chance to watch it. And I was huge in the rest at that time. But it was good to take you back at the time of, of the millennium, the 2000, 2001. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you, it was very well done. Bob Costas and everyone Vance and Dick Emerson and, that uh, she hate um, he hate me guy. So it was it was really very well done. It had a different feel and look to it, which I love about the thirty for thirties. Everyone's different because they're directed by different people. Um, Jesse Ventura spoke, so I, I thought it was very well done. I recommend it to um, anybody. Got a little dance yeah. with that black jacket. Yeah, that's that. That's that. That's that. That's that. That's that. That's that. I was joke with conspiracy theories, uh, conspiracy theory from a uh, legit source I got in the business. Um, Jesse Matura alluded to this, and somebody else that still does work in WWE that the NFL is is a part of why the XFL didn't work. Because mm-hmm. think about it, how ironic is it that the gasoline someone forgot to pour gasoline and fill the generator uh-huh. with gasoline? 
Come on yeah. now. Like, you know that's not on Vince Watch. You know that wouldn't go down on Episodes Watch. So it had to be a plant. Then I felt you were on that. There were some very interesting, and, and I watched every single week of XFL. I was like, I, I was, a, as Donald Trump would say, huge SFL, XFL <laughs> fan. I actually have a uh, Chicago Enforcers XFL T-shirt. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, that I, you know what, I'm, 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 I wear it, but it, it's washed now, and I might sell that Joker on eBay. And uh, you know, it's time now. It just stopped and went up. Everybody's coming to XFL. That's right, man. People are looking for those T-shirts. I got, I got one from 2001. I bought it in 2001. I was a big fan of the XFL. I watched every week. I watched the Chicago Enforcers, and uh, yeah, I got, I got an Enforcers T-shirt, and in the back it has all the teams on there. So, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it was really, really. I liked it. I liked the XFL. It was, it was really cool. The, you know, Rod Smart with the he hate. He hate me, and uh, there were a bunch of other nicknames. It was it was it was different. It was innovative. It was creative. But I can definitely tell by watching the whole thing, the 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 thirty for thirty, I could point out all of the all all of the really the 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 huge mishaps uh, that the XFL did have, and they did have a lot. Right. It was the quality of football was was very subpar uh, most of the time. Uh, but I, I like I like the gimmick of the XFL, but uh, yeah, it was it was good stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the Raw and SmackDown review. We'll be right back. AJ, what are your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown this week? Uh, you know, SmackDown, uh, to me, I, I think SmackDown is the superior program right now since the brand ex- uh, extension. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's just a head and shoulders above right now. Mm-hmm. So many more. They, 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 they more of a, they, there's more of an opportunity there, I think, where Raw is still what it was prior to the brand extension. It was It's pretty much the same old thing, where now we're getting more fresh characters and more development. You know, the Miz is on a stride. The women's division is great. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good assessment. Uh, Evan, what are your uh, thoughts on Raw and SmackDown this week? Uh, the, the 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 vintage theme song you played for Raw is better than Raw right now. Back when no one knew what the words <laughs> was for the theme songs. What are you What are you saying? No one knows. But uh, <laughs> no one yeah, Raw is Raw is a three hour chore. Um, yeah, Joe being in a suit. What? Why yeah, is Joe wearing right. a suit? Why is Joe having a mic? Like this is un this is uncharted territory for Joe. Why are you holding a microphone? Um, I told somebody, would you rather see Joe crying around that shank he had in TNA, that little knife, or wearing a suit? But 
It was good to see Reigns and yeah, Joe. Yeah, with, with the side paint that he had. Yeah, the side paint, the, yeah. Oh, boy. The in the violence, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, but, was, that uh, was bad. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's not go back to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that never happened, as we say. Like, that, 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 right. that never happened. But, um, you know, Raw, Raw was Raw. It was, it was basic and chore. Um, it, it it is what it is. Uh, you know, Grand Daddy Bird comes out and he's not bleeding for once, and and he still was blown <laughs> up after a few minutes. And, 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 and I've interviewed Goldberg last year. He's a great guy. He's still strong as heck. Uh, if you're blown up just walking from the entrance ramp to the ring, you're not running like Warrior, and then something's wrong. But yeah. he's going to get owns that fast lane. I I I I I leaked it two months ago on my show that Goldberg was going to win, beat, uh, face Owens. He was going to beat him for the title of fast lane. Then we get to hit IWC cry moan and sniff and snot about the part time was winning the title. Uh, but it's like well, you got Owens this chance. The Raiders aren't really helping. So yeah, see, wrong. See, yeah, that's my that's my deal on that. I agree with you. Um, the Smack, you know, SmackDown superior show. SmackDown was good. The full, the full way in the beginning was good. Daniel Bryan looked like a middle school in the ring with all all of the people. Uh, I joked <laughs> on my show early tonight and said Raw is the land of the giants. It's a lot of huge men on Raw, and SmackDown sure. is a bunch is basically WWE's version of RH and Lucha Underground. Everybody's average and everybody can wrestle. Uh, we got to see Cena Orton for the 999th time for the first time again, and um. I like what he did with Bray, and I like how, I like how they insinuated Harper. You know, they kind of download him into, into the mix here. So, mm-hmm. still a good show, smacking all around. And uh, and I hate the kitty table. Why do we need a four-person announced team? Ugh. Why do we need it? Terrible. And <laughs> David Otunga, the only time he gets a, a face-to-face alone angle shot is because of Black History Month. So, shout out That's to right. that. Otunga, enjoy February. I noticed that, too. <laughs> Because <laughs> once March hits, buddy, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed too. I said, "Oh, here, here's your solo shot on No Tug. How about that for the Black History Month uh, uh, prelude?" There you go, Rosa Parks. Uh, it's perfect time to zoom in on David. And 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 WWE just like school. I was telling my daughter and my girlfriend was this. And they teach us the same old stuff as Rosa Parks and Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman and Martin Luther King and Margaret Mack. There's so many others. Thurgood Marshall is like, you got W.E.B. Du Bois. People say Du Bois. You got uh, the guy who created Famous Amos, the black guy who created the traffic light. So many other black people. Benjamin Madam C.J. Yeah, Benjamin Banneker, Madam C.J. Walker, George Washington Carver. There's so many other black pioneers that no one ever talks about. The same five or six people. Nothing against them. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but listen, the the five or six is going to be told courtesy of David Otago. All right, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. uh, <laughs> the Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I, thought, I thought Raw was good. I thought uh, Raw was surprisingly good. I, I liked... Here's the thing. Goldberg kind of um, blending in with nowadays Raw ugh, was not very good. I like when he kind of put himself away uh, and just did the whole Lesnar thing, but kind of migrating into you know, Kevin Owens. It just, and again, to me, it just really shows how 
how much of a gap it is as far as a larger in life character with Goldberg and Kevin Owens. I mean, it just really, it really shows how much of a gap it is right now. And, but, because the last time Goldberg was, you know, kind of, uh, it was in the segment with Jericho and Owens, it was just, it, it was a disaster. But this time I think it worked. I, I liked the whole writing his name on the list and, you know, Goldberg just made the list. I mean, Portland ate that up <laughs> and it was, you know, he, he, they popped huge for that. And I'm glad that they did. I'm, I'm glad that they still, as, as, as much as I criticize, uh, modern day wrestling fans, and one of the criticisms is they they're saying one more time for Dolph Ziggler as he's hitting uh, Apollo Cruz and Kalisto with the chair, and as soon as he did it, they boo him. I'm like, what? Make up your mind. Yeah. <laughs> you want to one more time? We're gonna boo him for hitting the chair. I mean, that, that just made no no sense to me. But uh, I, I do like the fact that they're still chanting Goldberg. The, the you know the resounding Goldberg chants I like that they're doing that because they were talking and there are there are a lot of talks that that the WWE was very cautious uh, with hoping that you know, you know the, the the troll you know smarky crowd doesn't turn on Goldberg but I'm really happy about that Akira Zazawa did a fantastic job um, great debut uh, I I liked uh, I, I liked the the Joe Reigns uh, setup. I think Reigns did a fantastic job on the mic. I was very impressed with Reigns on the mic. He looked natural. He looked he looked heelish. I mean, if if he if he finally gets the okay with the turn, I think that uh, he'll really get an opportunity to get more confident on the mic because he's starting to get that heelish type of feel to him again. And when he were talking about you know you got two choices. And things like that. I think that really worked for me. It was it was really good. On SmackDown, I think SmackDown was good too. Uh, Corbin and Styles. Um, I'm wondering if somehow we'll see Corbin and Styles further out than Elimination Chamber, especially Corbin taking the the win on AJ. And a you know AJ Styles to me is like Chris Jericho in in, in '99. Like he was so over that they he he was he came in as a heel. He was getting cheered so much that they just said whatever, and they just turned him face. And it's kind of like, you know, AJ, he keeps getting cheered. He's trying, he was telling people, he was telling the crowd to hush, and he was still getting cheered. So uh, it's it's probably a failed project for AJ as far as they, just keeping him healed. WWE's got to be eating crows. WWE now, the past five, six years, is, is TNA legends, RH legends, indies, indie legends, we mean it seems we're the world of wrestling entertainment and we're we're the we're the end all be all and, and no one pays attention to T N A and those other shows. But yet no. most of your top guys, NXT and WWE and I mean rosters at the T N A are H and Indies. And like we said, you got Rollins, no. you I mean besides Reigns, everybody else is Indies at T N A R H. So it's good to see AJ and, and, and you know, see a lot of the young guys, Corbin and, and Demez. I think Demez right now is the best he's been since um, he had his uh, title run back oh, in yeah. maybe 27. Yeah, he's great. And like I said, not since when, you remember when Cena was, uh, you know, baby Cena was thugonomics when he used to be on a, a commentary team spitting all those, uh, their rap stuff and he didn't understand it. I, I love Demez on the mic, so... 
This this yeah. had the Miz commentate and have him go back and forth with Corbin like last week. That that segment alone was better than Raw's been the past three or four weeks. Yeah. And as he <laughs> says, when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. I, th- I think that's a fantastic line. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, Cena Orton was a good match. I, like you said, I liked, I really, really, really like what they're doing with Harper. They should go full out all in with Harper as a baby face. Uh, you know, he was getting, he was getting yes chance when they, he was squaring up against, uh, Wyatt. I hope that they don't do, they don't hurry up and have one, have Wyatt win the title. And then hurry up and you know and set that up for for Mania with him and Orton. I really hope they don't do that. I I just really hope they don't uh, because I want to see Harper and uh, Wyatt at Mania. Um, you you can't just rush you know something like that leading into Mania. So I, I sure hope they don't they don't rush that. Um, Real quick, let me uh, give a shout out to my my friend Bobby Fulton uh, from the fantastic yeah. NWA legend. Uh, I, I'm going to big weekend for me uh, covering wrestling. Uh, I'll be heading to the uh, world class professional big time wrestling event. Uh, everyone who's listening, we got thousands of tens of thousands of listeners. Uh, whoever's in Ohio, um, uh, Hilliard, Ohio, uh, on on Saturday. February the 11th, ladies and gentlemen, world-class professional big-time wrestling in Hilliard, Ohio, featuring uh, Abdullah the Butcher, WWE Hall of Famer Abdullah Butcher is going to be called Night of the Butchers in Hilliard, Ohio, and the uh, address is, uh, it's at the Edwards Building uh, in the fairgrounds in Hilliard, Ohio, Uh, Abdullah the Butcher. And Bushwhacker Luke, also a Hall of Famer, Bushwhacker Luke, once again, Hilliard, Ohio, uh, 4700, I believe, Cemetery Road in Hilliard called Puff Palace. I went to the one in Zanesville, about 45 minutes out of, outside of my house, and uh, it was fantastic. And I'll be there again, and uh, it, it was it was one of the, and, and I've said this on my show before, I think last week or the week before, I haven't missed a, 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 a Raw event. I haven't missed a, a live Raw event since 1999. That's, <laughs> so it's almost 20 years. And I've wow. been to, uh, uh, yeah, that goes this dedication for you. Did you be Goldberg? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been to NXT. I've been to ROH, multiple multiple NXT events, multiple ROH events. Uh, I've been to uh, um, uh, independent events. Uh, I've been to dozens and dozens and dozens of wrestling events. And uh, this is probably one of the greatest ones that I've seen. Not because of the talent, not because of the flips, but because it was the uh, it was the old school feel to it. It was the hero versus villain. It was the face versus heel. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. So for, for those in Ohio, for those in Columbus and, and Hilliard and surrounding areas, come to world class professional big time wrestling uh, on Saturday, April uh, the February the 11th at 7:30 p.m. Featuring Abdullah the Butcher, Bushwhacker Luke, and of course my boy uh, Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics, and of course on Sunday uh, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, Ring of Honor, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they're kicking off the the big interaction. Cody Rhodes will be there. Um, my favorite Jay Lethal will be there. The Bullet Club will be there. And that's at Express Live downtown Columbus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week. Here we go. 
It is now time for the Flavor of the Week! All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited about this moment. Without further ado, each and every one of us will start with AJ. Top five tag teams of all time. There's your alley oop. Uh, this is this is tough. This is tough to narrow down. Um, number five, I'm gonna go with the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy. They, they right. you know, ever since their debut, you know, uh, multiple tag team title reigns, kind of, you know, uh, innovated that ladder match for tag teams, and even now they've been able to reinvent themselves with Broken Matt and Brother Nero. Uh, yeah, they've stood the test of time, and mm-hmm. yeah, gotta give it to the Hardys. Yeah. Uh, before you go to number four. Obsolete. I love it. What's your number four? Number four, we're going to go with uh, Edge and Christian. Ah, okay. uh, you know, two great singles guys and Hall of Famers. You know, there are hopes, uh, Christian, I'm sure, will be a Hall of Famer, too. And. You know, they had it all around from the brood and uh, they transitioned to the, you know, not, well, yeah, they had the comedy stuff too, but they were excellent talents in the ring. And one of the innovators with the TLC matches, uh, always been a huge fan of Edging Christian. Nice. Number three. Number three, you're going to go uh, with the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, that was one of the, that's when I got introduced to tag team wrestling and just seeing, you know, the smaller Bret Hart and the mix of him with the powerhouse Jim Neidhart uh, mm-hmm. and just the way they blended, you know, the pink and black attack and they complemented each other perfectly. So for that old school, you know, at that time period, they were the, one of the definitive tag teams. Nice. One of the best theme songs of all time as well. Oh, yeah, without question. And I'm glad they used, uh, you know, a remix version for Natty now and they had it back, you know, for when Tyson Kidd and uh, Harry Smith were a team. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Number two. Number two. Uh, this probably surprised a lot of people. Um, Perry Saturn and John Cronus, the Eliminators. Oh wow. Yeah. I was always yeah. I love their work. Tweet the leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and the ECW. They were. I. I think they were. They were my favorite team of all time in ECW. Uh, they just had that insane style, but they were also incredibly talented and high flying. Guy, like you never expect some of the stuff you'd see out of John Cronus. Yeah, uh, Perry yeah, was true. a little bit of a technician and a bit of a brawler. Uh, yeah, the Eliminators, and I believe they were three-time tag team champions. And mm-hmm. yeah, they held their own in there against teams like RVD and Sabu, the Dudleys. I uh, wish they had more time to you know shine uh, in their career, but uh, I, I, for me, they they put a place on my top uh, top five. Absolutely. And number one, there we go. Number one, number one we're going to go with Rick and Scott Steiner, the Steiner Brothers. Oh, good choice. Yes. Yeah. 
going back to their NWA and WCW days. They they were just you know I I always thought Scott Scotty was so cool. It was a sort of Frankensteiner, and then right after you'd see Rick running and do the dog face stuff and growl, and they they yeah they to me they were just phenomenal as a tag team. Yes, very true. Great choices, awesome stuff. Thank you, thank you, Evan. <laughs> yeah, uh, Evan, number five for you. Brookhouse Brown and Sweet Brown Sugar. Okay. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Courtesy <laughs> of David Otunga. Yes. See, y'all remember that. You might listen to look that up. Um, right. God, number five um, would have to be surprised people, the Hollywood Blondes. Stone Cold Steve Austin with hair, wearing colors, and flying Brown Pillman. Uh, great tag team. Uh, like I said, uh, of course, we know why he couldn't be because of politics and then Granted, glad he didn't work out because he went to got Stone Cold, even though Leafs Cannon. But uh, Hollywood Blondes is number five. Great music too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So long. The intro is for three minutes long. Yeah. Who's number four? Number four, Harlem Heat, Stevie Ray oh, and Booker yeah. T. I'm not saying it just because they're they're black. It's Black History Month. Always loved them. Uh, wherever they was with Colonel Sanders, uh, Rob Parker, where he was with Sensational Shari by himself. The the I, the theme music was great. There was this T big black dudes that beat the hell out you. The outfits was great. They they mumbled whatever they wanted to in the camera. Nobody knew what they meant. They had unidentified wounds on their body. Great, great matches. Steve Ray was the big power man. Booker T was the athletic one. So come on, man! They no, got those moves from 110th Street, sucker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He coming for you, Hogan. <laughs> right. Who's your number three? Oh, man, uh, number three, Rock and Roll Express. Um, and I'm good buddies with Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. I, I, I and I say, I knew you'd come. Uh, I got a tip from Ricky. He texted me last week about the Hall of Fame. But uh, to, to, to me, the greatest, the greatest babyface tag team of all time, uh, the Rockers were great, so was the Hardys. But Ricky and Robert Gibson, the matches he had, uh, the feeds he had, the bandanas, just, just bar none. Now, watch the matches in Japan if you get a chance. Um, they, they, they were just great all around. Number two? Midnight Express. Any combination, uh, Dennis Corgi and uh, Bobby Eaton and Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane with Cornette. Uh, theme songs was inconsistent, but oh that one that Beautiful Bobby had was great. That never beautiful. really got a chance to start because it was so long. Like like some kind of like, like 19, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 1980s kind of like, just, yes. you know, one of them 1980s C-list, you know, soft, yeah. soft, cool movies. <laughs> But um, Galactica type of deal, yeah. Yeah, Galactica <laughs> stuff, right? But um, Cornette, Cornette was great. Uh, uh, Eaton never wasted. Uh, you know, they, they, they both was great. How many times can you take the thing of a tag team that's still legendary? Dennis Corgi was great with Eaton, and then when Stanley came in with his survive kick and Russian side kicks, and mm-hmm. this was wonderful, man. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, number one. Here we go. The multi. Marquis. No, I'm just joking. Uh, the Road Warriors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Road yeah. Warriors. Great uh, choice. Hawk, Hawk and Animal. An honorable shout out to, to the Hawk Foundation, I love, and, and the Steiners and Strike Force and all of them, the Rujos. But the Road Warriors, they was nasty. They was mean. They legit hurt people. Uh, that, the marketing was great. Paul Ellering was great. They just yelled in the microphone. 
And, and, and yes, they were stiff, but it worked. I mean, they, they worked great with the Steiners. They worked great with uh, the, the, the Horsemen, with the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnights, even in WWE and WWF. So, um, and I love the Dudley C, but best head team of all time, Ball and Road Warriors. Tell them, Hawk. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, my 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 top five. Uh, I've got uh, uh, the British Bulldogs for number five. Um, awesome, awesome theme music. Um, loved when the the hearts were heels, and uh, the British Bulldogs in the eighties. I think they didn't really get their due. I think they should have had more, um, been been more of the tag team title champion top, you know, reign. But they weren't. Uh, I didn't think they got their due in the eighties. Number four for me is Harlem Heat. Huge Harlem Heat fan. They were my favorite, uh, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, and and uh, modern day, you know, end up WCW. That was a huge Harlem Heat fan. Uh, Booker T is one of my top five of all time, and I, I was a big fan of the Harlem Heat when they were the Ebony Experience back in GW. Yes, <laughs> yes, <clears throat> that's when I started liking them back in nine, like ninety one, ninety two, uh, when they were in GWF when they were the Ebony Experience. And I never understood why their 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 uh, their boots never matched their tights. <laughs> it was just a color every single time. Like, dude, match. What in the world is going on here? Uh, number three was. That, that might have been the doing of uh, Maniac Mike. That, that oh, yeah. Doing yeah. Of, uh, Maniac Mike yeah. Davis at that time. <laughs> yes. Maniac Mike Davis was amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he set the, he set the uh, curse. He, like, he, he set the tone for, like, uh, like Evad Sullivan and oh, like yeah. uh, Norman, oh, Lewis, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> like the, the characters like that, like, like really, really off. But you know, but even before then, like, remember he was a part of the, the rock and roll RPMs back in the like, kind of yeah. yes, yeah, were. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, the Rock and Roll Express number three. I mean, you're pretty, you know, pretty much talked about it. Uh, Rocky, Ricky Morton, Ryan, Robert Gibson, one of the best tag team fuse of all time with the Men Express. Number two was Steiner Brothers for me. I was a huge fan of Rick Steiner uh, back in the day. And number one is the Road Warriors. I mean, just you know, bar none. You know, uh, just just Miles. Just I mean, they are just the greatest of all time. I love the shoulder pads. I played football when I was a kid. I want to spike some of my shoulder pads. I want to face paint. They were just the larger than life characters that were absolutely amazing. All right, real quick, we've got a few minutes left. Let's get to uh, Elimination Chamber predictions. AJ, who you got between uh, Apollo Crews and Kalisto against Dolph Ziggler? Uh, you know, uh, I I hope at this point I, w- I really want to see Dolph finally get something. It's like so frustrating as I guess a, as a supporter of his. <laughs> so I'm really yeah. hoping with this with this turn of his now it leads somewhere substantial for him. Yeah, I hear you. So I, I, I'm, yeah, you I'm, I'm gonna go with my heart. I'm... You got Ziggler. Yeah, I'm gonna go with my yeah my heart's gonna go with Ziggler. <laughs> cool. So you got Evan real quick. Uh, Hill Ziggler. Yep, Ziggler for me. Yeah, Orton and Harper. What you got, Evan? Orton. But, uh, AJ. Harper probably a good chance. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, even though I'd like to see Harper, like, I'm, you know, go, go with everything you said. I love that they're finally, you know, giving him uh, a singles push, and I love the pop he got tonight, but, you know, going into Mania, it's got to gotta go with Orton. That's a good point. Um, yeah, Orton as well. Harper might get his moment in uh, WrestleMania, though. Uh, Mickey James and Becky Lynch. Evan. Sorry, Mickey James. She just came back. She's a legend, so you got to put her over. AJ. Uh, yeah. It's again, it's tough for WWE booking. I mean, even though she just came back, I think they wait. Her first match back was Icy Waste in a six man, a six woman tag, excuse me, on the pre show <laughs> at the last event. But, uh, uh, I love Becky, but uh, yeah, I gotta go with Mickey on this one, too. It's, you know, her first singles match back, and yeah, they need to establish her against the newer fans. Yeah, I say Mickey just because I see it happening again at Mania. Uh, women's Championship, Naomi or uh, does Bliss retain, AJ? Uh, I love what they're doing with Naomi, but I'm a huge Alexa Bliss fan. I think she's holding down the women's division right now. Her character's on point. She's really up to her work, and I have to go with Alexa all the way. Seven. Uh, I would love Naomi, but I think more money than Naomi chasing it, so I got to go with Alexa Bliss. That's exactly why uh, I think Naomi won't win it this time. Uh, there'll be a chase. All right, real quick, a uh, few seconds. Uh, AJ, who wins a tag team turmoil match? Uh, we got to go with um, American Alpha. They're, they're the top team right now, and they're a fantastic team. Yeah. Uh, Evan? Same thing, American Alpha, New Steiners, going to win it. Yeah. I'm going with the Ascension. No, I'm not. American <laughs> Alpha. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, that all the way. <laughs> right. Might as well. Uh, Nikki Bella and Natalia. Uh, I gotta go with Nikki. Nikki, uh, she's got this. She got the Bella machine behind her. Total Bellas, total divas. Uh, she's she's there, the face of the, uh, you know, for them, for the media. Nikki Bella's yeah. there. They cool. go. We too. got 30 seconds. Uh, Evan, who you got? Yeah, same thing, Nikki Bella. Cool. All right, real quick, uh, AJ, who you got? Uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, my heart wants to say the Miz, but my head's gonna go with Bray Wyatt. Who you got, Evan? Bray. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I think they'll keep it on Cena. Um, all right, real quick, uh, Evan, Evan under Matt Radio. Um, we have like 15 seconds, so let, let us let listeners know your Twitter information. Everybody, please check out our Twitter under the Matt Radio Live every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. Our Twitter is at tech underscore UTMR under Matt Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please check out Russell Lamia, who gave us a shout out about 10 things you didn't know about Kenny Omega. Cool. All right, 15 seconds. Of AJ, who you? What's, uh, where can we find you on social media? Uh, follow me on Twitter at AJPan underscore PCA. You keep up with me on, you know, uh, uh, ECWA Wrestling, BCW Wrestling, and Fiesta Pro Wrestling has come up. So, Awesome. Thank you both. Fantastic time. Thank you to my boy, Jay Lethal. Uh, the uh, world-class press for Big Time Wrestling this, this weekend. God bless. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.